Hello and welcome to podcast number nine in this series. This episode I've titled Autumn 1888's Rich Harvest of Songs. As I mentioned in the previous podcast, the Reverend Sabine Baring Gould started his folk song collecting in Devon in September 1888. Once he had realised the amount of local singers and the songs they had, he asked for assistance from two fellow parsons, both with the musical knowledge he lacked to help take down the rich harvest of Devon folk songs he had discovered. From two volumes of his songs held at the Devon Records Centre in Exeter, dating from his early collecting period, I found that there are over 80 song sheets showing the months they were collecting in as being between September and December 1888. I may have missed some, so more than this number is quite possible. As Sabine had said in a media interview, in December of that year, that he had collected about 90 songs. Many of these songs have the initials of HFS, that is the Reverend Henry Fleetwood Shepherd, and FWB, the Reverend Freddie Bustle, as having taken down the songs. This was the help that Sabine had requested. The two collaborators, Shepherd and Bustle, must have made song collecting easier and productive for Sabine. In those early days, they do not seem to have strayed far from Sabine's home of Lou Trenchard Manor, as they set about their new task of folk song collecting, taking down about 70 to 80 songs from the rich source of songs gleaned from the nine local singers from the villages of Lou Down, Bellstone, Thrushelton and Lidford, all only a few miles from Lou Trenchard. Some of the singers may have been known to Sabine already, like James Parsons, who gave up the most songs in the closing months of 1888, living up to his inherited title of The Singing Machine. My story now continues as we find Sabine making one excursion away from his local area in that autumn of 1888 as he travels round the lower edge of Dartmoor to discover two songmen in the village of South Brent on the southern side of Dartmoor. What follows must be from one of the letters Sabine received from his request in the Western Morning News, asking readers if they knew any of the old folk songs. It is from a passage in Further Reminiscences, where Sabine wrote that a Mr Spence Bates, who lived in the village of South Brent, had written telling him of John Helmore and Robert Hard both notable songmen living in his village. Would Mr Beringold and Mr Shepherd like to pay him a visit to gather up some of the music from the two singers? So without delay, off go the two parsons to South Brent to stay with Mr Bates. In the depth of winter, and it was bitter cold, wrote Sabine. Mr Bates had organised the evening of Sabine and Shepherd's arrival for the two singers to sing their songs but it was not a success, as Sabine tells us. After dinner, we adjourned to the kitchen, where there was a roaring fire. The old men were set up with jugs and tankards of ale, but some neighbouring gentlemen and ladies, notably the latter, had been invited to be present at the performance. This I saw at once would never do. We must remember here that Sabine and Shepherd were there to take down the songs and their tunes, not for an evening concert performance. Sabine goes on to explain, tunes have to be repeated several times to be noted down with accuracy, 
as the old singers are disposed to embroider them with twirls and flourishes of their own devices. And further, I was not at all sure that the words of the ballads would in all cases be fit for ladies' ears. And so it proved, as there ensued a rapid dissolution of the company, after the singing of The Mole Catcher by John Helmore. Once again, another mix-up by Sabine as to who sang the song that night. As in the songs in Songs of the West, we read the following. The Mole Catcher, taken down from J. Hocking, South Brent, by Mr. Shepherd in 1888. The original words were very gross, and I did not note them down. And here is an interesting point, as he continues to write in the notes to the song again the following. All I copied was the beginning of the song. So here we find Shepherd takes down the tune as Sabine the notes, the words to the first verse and maybe the second, until in comes the offending gross lyrics, which effectively halt the note-taking proceedings stone dead. While the singer carries on, oblivious to the fact that the two parsons are no longer listening, taking down the tune or the words to the song he is singing. They are just eager for him to finish his song and get on to hearing the next one. But as with other songs with words not suitable, Sabine keeps the tune with early verses of the song in his notebook for maybe future use. As is the case here, as Sabine must have felt that the tune was worth keeping as the mole catcher appears in a later edition of Songs of the West, but as he wrote of it, to a set of much chastened words. To use my regular quote from Sabine, Another one of those songs which are not fit for Christian ears to hear or Christian lips to utter. On the following day, Shepherd and Sabine had the two old men to themselves, and between them they recovered the words and airs of some very interesting pieces. Then, from 80-odd song sheets in the Devon Records Centre, where I had found 15 songs shown as being taken down by Shepherd in October 1888. They must have been from the two singers of South Brent. To be fair to Sabine on the mix-up of who sang the song that night, the notes that appear in Songs of the West would have been written up not long after it was sung in 1888. Whereas what I quoted from further reminiscences was written from memory some 30 or so years later, when Sabine was in his 80s. As I have previously pointed out, the reverend gentleman's memory was not good in his younger days, so as time passed, it obviously did not improve. If only he had kept a diary in his song-collecting years. The letter I mentioned earlier from the Western Morning News of 28 September 1888, resulting in Mr Spence Bates' responding letter to Sabine, had struck gold, with the find of the two South Brent songmen. Sabine would return on several occasions to visit Spence Bates' house, but there would be no audiences, just himself with Shepherd or Freddie Bustle, 
to record around 80-odd more songs from Robert Hard alone. One of the songs from Robert Hard in Songs of the West is titled The Broken Token. Then in English Folk Songs for Schools, a joint publication in 1905 with Cecil Sharp, with slightly different lyrics, we find it listed as The Dark-Eyed Sailor, which is the version you will now hear. It is a track taken from my CD, By Chance It Was. Tis of a comely young maiden fair Was walking out for to take the air She met a sailor upon the way So I paid attention So I paid attention To hear what they did say Why are you walking, he said alone The night is coming, the day is done Oh, then the tears from her eyes did flow For me dark-eyed sailor For me dark-eyed sailor Am I so full of woe Three years are passed since he left the land A ring of gold he took off his hand He broke the token, gave part to me Oh, but the other half now But the other half now is far beneath the sea Oh, driving maiden from out your mind For men are changeful as is the wind And love inconstant and cold will grow As the winter's landscape As the winter's landscape That is all white with snow Oh no, she answered, that cannot be I love my William and he loved me A broken token and a broken heart Oh, they are mine and They are mine and from this I'll never part Then half the ring did the sailor show She was distraught between joy and woe Oh, welcome, William, of lands and gold For me dark-eyed sailor For me dark-eyed sailor So manly and so bold A delightful love song with a touching story, which I have been singing for many years, and it's a favourite song by many folk singers. Back in the seventh podcast, I sang the song A Sprig of Time and said how singers had mixed the words of that song with another, The Seeds of Love. Several of the late Victorian song collectors blamed the singers for this mixing of the two songs when it was more than likely the songwriting hacks employed by the 18th-19th century broadside ballad printers who were responsible, as it was they who were paid for producing new songs. Easy wages then for a hack. Take two existing songs, alter and meddle with the words, mix them together, and hey presto, we have now three songs. 
Oh, and keep one of the tunes, after all, they were wordsmiths and not tunesmiths. Now for a tale of how I sing one song, and then another I know of, which then became a third. And it's this one I have searched for for many years. As is the case with the Dark-Eyed Sailor, also known as the Broken Token. Both songs have six verses, with only a slight variation in their lyrics. On a recent trip to Scotland, I found a third version. I was north of the border for a family christening. I arranged to visit the Mitchell Library in Glasgow. The library's Robert Burns collection is one of the largest in the world. It also has the Frank Kidson collection, and that was what I was interested in. This is a large, varied collection of music that includes Scots and English tunes, plus folk songs from the Borders and Yorkshire, collected by Mr Frank Kidson of Leeds. He was collecting folk songs at the same time as Sabine, and they corresponded with each other on their folk song collecting efforts. With the help of the librarians to see the Kidson folk song collection, my visit was rewarded with me finding a copy of Fair Phoebe and Her Dark-Eyed Sailor, a version I have known about, but until my visit to the Mitchell Library had eluded me. It has the same storyline as the others, but with nine verses, giving it a fuller story. As to which is the traditional song of the three? Answers on a postcard, please. I must give my thanks to Claire Thompson, the librarian at the Mitchell Library, for her assistance in my visit to see the Kids and Folk Song Collection. The village of South Brent is on the southern edge of Dartmoor, by road about 40 miles from Lutrenchard. Not an easy trip in winter in Sabine's dog cart or his carriage, so I assume they went by train from Corriton Station, close to Lutrenchard Manor, to South Brent. Stayed overnight, returning to Lou the next day perhaps. From a casual remark as a guest at a friend's dinner party in the summer of 1888, that Sabine would be the right man for the job of collecting the old folk songs of Devon, and then, by the close of the autumn of that year, have collected almost a hundred songs in just three months. This must have pleased Sabine. As he had written of his walk home the next day from Mount Tavy to Lou Trenchard, that he was on the outstart of a great and important work. The success at the start of his song collecting was impressive. I hope this episode of my continuing story of the folk song collecting in Devon by the Reverend Sabine Beringold has been interesting to you and that you will listen again. The producer of the series is John Tidball. I am Mike Bosworth. This has been the ninth episode of The Parson and the Songmen. Till next time, bye bye. <laughs>